This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we enter the in-between. If they aren't babies anymore, but also aren't full-blown kids, do they even exist? Plus, Biz starts camp early, Teresa stops getting out of her chair, and we talk to Seattle-based writer Ijoma Alu. Woo! Hi. Hi. How are you? You look wonderful, Teresa. Thank you, Biz. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm so, like, I I have, like, moments where I have energy, mm. but, like, I just have other moments where I physically cannot move. Like, yeah. we, um, over the weekend, Jesse was away, um, and so I was solo with the boys, and on Saturday, I pulled my shit together, I got us out of the house, oh and God. we, like, did a bunch of stuff. On Sunday, I, like... Like, basically, my kids get weird if we don't leave the house. So, like, I have this feeling that even if I don't want to leave the house, like, we really yeah. kind of need to go do something. And, right. like, on Sunday, like, we really need to go to the grocery store. And I was like, this is happening, you know? And I got as far as, like, getting them dressed and ready and getting myself showered and dressed. Yeah. And then I sat down. Uh-oh. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this is happening today. Like, I was, like, thinking about the store. Right. Thinking about my kids at the store. My kids are actually pretty good at the store, generally. Yeah. Like, it's work, but it's not, like, crazy. Right, like, They're right. pretty good. Um, I just couldn't get there. Like, mm. psychologically, <laughs> I was just, I could not wrap my head around yeah. getting out of the chair. Ooh. For one thing, and then getting oh. my kids in the car and going and doing that whole thing <laughs> and getting home and like carrying this stuff. I mean, it was just a lot too much. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so I just kind of stopped talking about it. And like an hour passed and they're playing. And yeah. then like eventually they're like, are we going to the store? You know, like they're wondering <laughs> hey, what's happening. Mom. Like, where are we going to go? And I just said, yeah, guys, I got really tired. I don't think we're going to go to the store today. <laughs> um, so that is a reality. That, yeah, there's there not much are. more to say about that. No. It just, it ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Very nice. <laughs> well. How are you? Oh, I am tired. So uh, it's been an interesting 24 hours. Uh, we record the show on Monday, guys. Uh, it comes out later in the week. So yesterday was Sunday. For those of you who are repeat listeners, you may know that that was Carnival Day at Katie Bell's Elementary School, which is an, the one event that I really, that I run. I run the Carnival. We talked about it. Uh, big thing. And so Saturday and Sunday, I'm like on site, like moving hay bales and setting up tents from like eight in the morning until like the end, until it's dark, right? So I'm a little tired and a little brain dead, not big with vocabulary today. But today at 4 a.m., we had to wake up and register Katie Bell for her first ever sleepaway summer camp. Oh, my God. 
I know. We're very excited. So cool. 4 a.m. The reason for 4 a.m. is because it is a camp in Alabama, and we are in California, and registration yeah. starts at 6. Oh, God. And everybody everybody <laughs> from camp that I know, you know, from camp is like, you have to do it because it's yeah. so popular that by, like, by yeah. 10 in the morning, the camp's yeah. booked. Like, oh, yeah. it's booked, yeah. right? And so this is— And you ca- probably, like, have a certain week that you want, well, too. We, could, like, we were really oh, going to okay. be listening, but okay. my, my old— best friends uh-huh. and camp goer with me, we decided to try and hit the same week mm-hmm. so that we could both go and like walk around camp together and send our kids Aww, to camp together. Uh, her kids are older, but they can look out for Katie Bell. Uh, and uh, so this is the camp that my father went to. I went to. Katie, will, will, Katie Bell will be third generation Wow. At this camp, uh, both my father and I, you know, having our, you know, wills to be spread, you know, when we're burned up, just be spread a little Aww. around the camp um, or just to haunt the camp. I'd like to go back and just haunt yeah, the camp. Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, Katie Bell is super excited. It'll be Aww. a full week sleep away. She's like, I can't believe I have to wait seven months. Oh, <laughs> that's so I, cute. It is, I was like getting so weepy, probably partly because of how exhausted I am. Yeah. Uh, combined with her being like, I need you to teach me all the camp songs right now. Aww. But then my brain is so dead. I'm like, uh, oh, camp. <laughs> anyway, she's pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, we're that is excited. like such a big kid thing. It's like such that's a like big kid such thing. a like real. It's a real. Like, I remember like before Jesse and I had kids talking together, like because we never really went to sleepaway yeah. camp and saying like we hope someday we can send our kids to sleepaway camp. Yeah, but like it's not. It's still so far. It's sure. <laughs> like I can't. You know what I mean? I can't imagine it actually happening. I know. Well, I think that ties nicely into what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, which is the weird years. Between being a baby and being a full-blown kid are what we have decided to name the in-betweens. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, yeah, the in between, or as one may call it, the little. What'd you say? I just said the little tweens. The little tweens. That's it's like tweens, but but littler. earlier. The littler. littler. Still a mystery. Still a mystery zone. Yeah, of age. not one thing, not the other. Not yeah, one. Yeah, the other. Uh, okay, so I think. I think what we're trying to get at today, I'm like literally <laughs> using my hands as if I'm putting together some sort of globe puzzle to try and collect my thoughts. Um, it's super helpful for all the listeners. Yeah, audience, you like I'm that? Sure. So is what we're trying to get at is that there is the these few years, but I think as Teresa said in the opening, doesn't feel like few. <laughs> roughly around two, where they are no longer a baby. Yeah. I mean, I get that they are a toddler, and then I get that they age into preschooler. Yeah. But I just, those little names, I just feel like are bullshit for this conversation. Yeah. Because then there's baby. Yeah. And there is kid. Yeah. Okay. Katie Bell, for example, at age seven, she's a kid. Is a kid. Yeah. Go make your own toast. Right, like, yeah, she's playing. Yeah, not only can she put play, your bike away. Yeah. don't forget to put your bike. Shut the garage door. Right, we're playing board yeah. games, and then she can just play them by herself like a crazy right. person in her room. Totally. You know, like can yeah. start, finish a task, right. clean it up. She is a 
kid. She's up to something sometimes. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to know what it is. She's in the house somewhere right. working on something. There, I don't smell yeah. smoke. Right? <laughs> so we haven't gotten to older tweens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what is this zone? You put whatever name you want on it, yeah. like toddler or preschool or whatever, if that helps Little you sleep kids. at night. Yeah. But the point is that we're trying to get to is what do you do with them? It feels like the answer is nothing. Yeah. And it feels like something, once again, that everybody has lied to us about. Yes. Like, because, and here's the thing, and I went through this with like the whole baby phase, uh, you know, and going back and watching some of the old TV shows and like, I, you were like, oh, no one has a baby. That's why parenting looks so easy. Mm. Or they have a baby. Yeah. And that baby sleeps all like the time. Like a four-month-old. Yeah, like a four-month-old. Yeah. But you never see people on television very rarely with like this in-between age. Yeah. Because that's okay. Because it's because why? Well, a it's boring, <laughs> and like I mean, from like an entertainment perspective, yeah, yeah. like the, it's boring. You can't have like drama outside of like tantrums that make no sense. Like, <laughs> would you like to watch a thirty-minute yeah sitcom comedy? That's why about like tantrums. That's why if there's ever like a four or five-year-old on a show, yeah. they have to be like super precocious and say ridiculous things that a child of that age would, would never, never say. ever say. Like every child on Daniel Tiger, that really sets up a bar well, firmly. Okay, I'm not talking about like kids shows. I All feel right, like that's actually enough. more accurate. I'm talking about like sitcoms, okay. and, like general popular culture, like yes. the way we, the way we maybe like pre. I feel like this conversation is really a lot about the question that we like used to always ask all our guests, which was, "What did you imagine mm. parenthood would be like?" And then, what did it? How was well, that different from what it really is? And I think, like, a big part of that is there's just all these things, like, when you think about having kids, you think about having the baby. Yeah. You totally think about, I'm going to have my baby. I'm going to go everywhere with my baby. And my baby's <laughs> going to be, like, a little baby version of me and my partner. And I'm, you know, the ba- all the cute baby, right. cuddly baby stuff. And then you also think about being a parent. Right. And you think about... Going to summer camp. The kids are going to summer camp. Right. You're having a fight with your kids and they're yelling, I hate you, and they're slamming the door. Right. Um, you're playing a board game with your kids yeah. and somebody's getting, like, frustrated. Right. You know? Yeah, there's, like, all these things then, like, the right. parent things. And I don't know, I think it's, like, partially the popular culture thing. Right. Like, I think the middle, those middle, like, ages two to six are just kind of not helpful for from like a pop culture <laughs> right. like entertainment standpoint yeah. so like they're just not included right a lot and then i think the other part of it is much of what we imagine as parents like our lives are going to be like as parents is taken from what we remember. Right. And we don't remember being a four-year-old. Right. Or we're a remembering six, seven, yeah. eight, eight, nine, nine. ten. Yeah. 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 That's you know? what we're remembering. Yeah. And we and we've talked about that on the show a lot that we displace a lot of yeah. like what we think supposed to be happening yeah. with this age, this weird age. Yeah. And and I think I I think what I want to say about it is it's really boring. <laughs> It's really boring and like there's no, and frustrating because you can't sit there. It's like when you're they're a baby, they're you know sleeping somehow a lot. Even uh-huh. if it's like every thirty minutes and then yeah. you wake up and they like whatever your personal sleep nightmare is, right. baby. There's still some sort of like thing that you're doing, yeah. right? And then they get older and then they have homework or go play by yourself or whatever, yeah. you know. But like you're right, like in this weird middle thing, it's like I have to. You there's nothing to do with them yeah. besides. Take them to the store to look at the lobster cage. Yeah. Or like, or you've got to like plan all that. It's like all yeah. very 
it's a lot of planning and organizing. Planning. And I yeah. don't think anybody tells you how long this window is. It's so long. Because it feels fine. Yeah. Like when your kid starts walking and they hit that two, yeah. you're like, hey, hey, we look at all this new stuff yeah. we get to do. We're doing yeah. some art together. Yeah. We're like walking. We're going on hikes. Yeah. We're like going to the zoo. <laughs> like you enter like three and a half and you're like, now we're, oh no, that's, we have to keep doing that same thing. Yeah. And then like, like you, you enter, keep thinking, <laughs> right, exactly. You keep thinking you can do more stuff. But you can't. Yeah. And then even though they may acquire some new skills. Yeah. Emotionally, this is also still a really tumultuous time. Like, even around, like, uh, four. I remember, like, when kids turned three with Katie Bell, uh-huh. everybody's party was like, hey, here's your, you know, match game. Here's your yeah. uh, hi-ho cheerio game. Like, all these yeah. games started to show up. Games, and I'm like, I was yeah. like, ugh. And Katie Bell, we never played them that whole yeah. year of three. Yeah. And then when we started playing them around four, she... Could understand the mechanics of games, but emotionally, yeah, it was like it, it not fun to play yeah. because she just couldn't. I mean, it really wasn't until like really now, like yeah. really the end of six and really into seven, where we can play games. And yeah. as long as she's not too tired, yeah. it's enjoyable. You totally. know, like there's no like trauma about like missing or, or not yeah, getting or a, whose turn it whose is turn it or is. waiting or I yeah. know, I know. And I think also what adds to that is like having a younger sibling, like, I could, there's probably some stuff. I get, Simon's five. Yeah. I could do some stuff with him. Like, get, like we could start doing some games. Or, like, my mom got him some different, like, card games Oh and yeah. stuff. Like, there's some things that he he can grasp. Mm-hmm. Like, he can understand the rules and stuff. But, like, I can't sit there long enough That's with right. him without anybody messing up the game. <laughs> right. Like, Oscar's three. He's not a one-year-old. But he still comes up and just swipes his hand across yeah. whatever's on the coffee table because he thinks that's hilarious. Yeah. And, um, and... Even if uh, he doesn't do that, he needs something from me in the middle of the game, right. which doesn't allow me, like, the brain space to, like, really work with Simon and, like, connect with right. him about it and, like, well, yeah, so make they, progress. This, so the little tweens yeah. uh, are even more difficult when you've got more than one yeah. little tween in the house, yeah. right? Like, they I mean... Yeah, and that, and then you add a baby, which maybe who would do that? Who would though? do that? Who that's do so that? weird. Why would you even bring that up? <laughs> I can't imagine that because happening. that like so that's like adds this whole challenge to this year. These yeah. like four years, yeah, essentially of like a lot of work you have to do. And here I would like to talk about this. I think we spent enough okay. time saying how. How awkward and okay. boring this time is. Uh, I would like to tell you. And magical. And magical. Well, I was going to say so the flip things. side. Okay. The flip side of this yeah. is I'm really bad at ages and like what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, like once my kid gets through an age, I'm uh-huh. like, I don't know. How old is your baby? Wow. Right. You, you know, like I can't. Oh, you mean like looking like, back? Yeah. On, yeah. 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 So I const- I've had this with Katie Bell and I still have this with Katie Bell and I do it with Ellis where especially during these years mm-hmm. like, and I think there's something about the the little tweens uh, <laughs> age that that makes you you get so wrapped up in the repetitiveness and like all the work you have to do to do it uh-huh. that I I will feel like I've suddenly missed something like uh-huh. I'm like is, oh is Katie Bell too old to now do such and such yeah. if, that we never got around to doing but that yeah. I'd like to do is she too old or I mean even when she was like three or four I'd be like oh have we missed it we can't even yeah. do this Christmas tradition or we yeah. didn't do the zoo enough we know, didn't we, enroll like, her in dance early right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like just any of those magical things that oh, you do yeah, imagine yeah. Yeah, doing. Yeah. 
I'll suddenly feel like I've missed it. Oh, yeah. And and, and I would like to say that not, actually 100% of the time I have been wrong. Uh-huh. It is the exact age we should be doing oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I feel like I've spent so much time thinking that they are too young to do anything that yeah. then I wake up and now they may be too old to do anything. Yeah. That I, you know, that I'm now ready to do or think would be fun to do. Yeah. That sounds, that may be really convoluted, but I have this panic with them sort of all the time where I'm yeah. like, oh, like, you know, you'll see an idea for like a project or something that I'd like to do. Like there's, um, my mom used to always read to us every year at Christmas, the best Christmas pageant ever. And she does it so amazingly. All these voices is so funny. And I can remember as a kid listening to her and I keep thinking, well, when can I start reading this uh-huh. out loud? And yeah. like, it felt like Katie Bell was too young every year to sit still and listen. Yeah. Uh, I now know she's totally the right age, but now I'm worried that I've missed it. Like maybe because Christmas has come at a weird time that oh, by man. the time I'm ready to sit down, she won't want to sit there. And then I sit there and I think, well, gosh, when mama was reading it to us, I was the younger sister. So I was the one who was probably around six or seven listening. Oh, yeah. But my sister was right there listening too she would have yeah. been like 11 right. or you know or 12 yeah. or something so again that panic of like not doing enough stuff with them not taking advantage of what they actually are really good at or what they could be really good at or what is just right about their ages that we should be celebrating and doing mm-hmm. with them i just feel like i just overlook that all the time mm. does that make sense like it makes sense knowing you and knowing like we haven't that done you enough have, stuff. right that you would naturally have this panic we haven't made it magical enough yeah. that we missed out on baseball yeah like, like, are we supposed to be like yeah okay yeah, yeah i know sometimes sometimes it's me I, I mean, I'm not saying you're alone in that. I'm well, just saying, like, I totally get that. I just yeah. don't have that same, like, I'm definitely more. And it might also be that, you know, Kate, Katie Bell's two years older than yeah. Simon. So you you are at a new phase where, like, maybe there are some things that she just wouldn't be into anymore. Right. Whereas, like, I kind of, like, I'm still just deep in this window, this little tween window. Yeah. Where just kind of anything goes. And, like, there are really great magical things about it, yeah. you know? And, like, I think one of the nice things about it is that, like, everything is new for so long. Yeah. Like, everything is interesting and there's so much, like, curiosity and, like, seeing things for the first time through their eyes and, like, all that. Yeah. Like, that is real, you know? Like, there is a lot of that stuff. So I don't have... I'm not... I'm not in that... I don't have that zone of, like, the lost time right. yet. Right. You know? And, yeah, like, and my lost time is just, like, it's more right now about, I missed it. Mm-hmm. I missed my window. But, yeah. again, like I said, I, I've been incorrect about that the whole time. I think the other thing that I wrestle with is just, like, the self-put-upon guilt of... Uh, most days feeling like a chore in, sure. in, in this yeah. in this you know window with them uh versus you know and we talked about it on the show a lot the like just being present yeah and you, you could probably go back and listen to our shows uh when we were probably our best rested and like most like you know like yeah. our high points being like we're gonna be really present yeah and then, like three weeks of like yeah. oh get me out of my yeah. life with children you know yeah. like it is it is almost unfair how tiring and exhausting yeah. and like demanding and monotonous 
so many parts of parenting uh, leaves on you, yeah. like, you know, that that then you're still trying to balance that with, the, you know, the joy of doing this with your kid. Totally. You know, like it, it shouldn't cancel each other out and it doesn't. It's just that I think especially in this weird little tween years yeah. that it feels harder to like sit with to, for those two things to exist at the same time enjoying yeah. it and because I feel like you're still sort of wrestling with who are you as you're because around yeah. two or three it's when you start to kind of shake off the infant parent yeah. zone right? right and that you either add more yeah uh or or you're just either way yeah. no matter if you have more kids coming or you don't uh, there is this break somewhere between two and three where you start to go, oh, I'm starting to feel a little like myself. I'm yeah. starting to see the light. Yeah. I'm starting to have more energy and this kind of stuff. And like, what do I want to and do And now what today? do I want to like, do? Like, it's not, you're not as like tied to like you, this routine that you like have to. <laughs> right. Suddenly you yeah. feel like, I want to go run and be free. Right. Yeah. But I also now have to fill I'm trying to yeah. wrestle with. So, like, there's a lot happening yeah. in this two to, I think, five, two to six window of wanting to experience all the magic. Yep. Uh, really tired and yeah. boring and monotonous. Yeah. And accepting that. And coming out of your own funk and starting to want to demand things for yourself again. Yeah. Right? Like, that is a lot in the pot. It is a lot. And I feel like there's also this, um, like, I think I'm noticing this a lot right now because Simon is five. And for like a lot, for a lot of people, at least for me, yeah. I feel like when I had a baby, when Simon was a baby or, an, or a two-year-old, yeah. I saw five as being this like next level yeah. thing. And now that I'm at five, like it is different, but it's still a lot of work. Yeah. It's still really intense and emotional yeah. tiring and it's a full-time job yeah, like it still... really is and like I think that that has really like I remember just thinking like oh well when he's five he can like go stay with his grandparents for yeah. a week he can like right. do this or that you know he can like I just remember having these visions because it's seven it's what seven is it, right? I, guess, I, like, I, I really I guess, think that's the but, case like, and yeah. that's and but and that's so um it's so it's fine. It's like completely fine. It's just that it's it's like a surprise anew every time. Because I right. feel like also when our kids are like in that two three, yeah, and they're really demanding, yeah, they have tantrums a lot, and they're they're kind of like you know they're three nagers, like yeah. that whole thing. Like there is this um there is this like feedback that we get and we give as parents, right. which is like it gets better, it, it gets, gets better. better, and we yeah. know it does get better. Yeah. Like it does, it definitely does. But, like, I kept thinking that it would be, like, a clear, a clear. oh, when he's four, this, this will, will all make sense. Right. This will have all worked itself out. Right. You know? And, like, it's just not not true. It's just a different thing. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Well, will it make you feel better if I say, when he's seven? That actually does be... make me feel yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love with their Try Before Buying program. 45% of women actually fall in between sizes, but Third Love offers sizes AA to G, including signature half cup sizes that you won't find anywhere else. Is it weird that no one's thought of that before? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, so really genius. amazing. Yeah. 
Third Love stands behind their bras so much that they are willing to let our listeners try this bra for free for 30 days. And that means you can really wear it, wash it, live in it. You just pay $2.99 up front for shipping. And if it's not your new favorite bra, returns and exchanges are always free. Just visit thirdlove.com slash badmother to start your free trial today. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. This may fall into the category of, like, just something I should have thought of a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Ziploc bags are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But regardless, it is about a bag. Um, so when I, when I take, um, Simon to school, he, you know, he has a backpack and everything goes in his backpack. Um, Oscar, when he goes to school, he has, you know, his lunchbox, his water, his blankie. There's often like a note from the teacher when I'm picking him up. There's often like extra clothes, there's whatever. And for the longest time I was just like carrying all that shit. And then I realized I should just have a tote bag that I keep in my car and so I put everything in the tote bag in the morning. And then when I drop him off at school, I like easily just have this bag yeah. and I can like put things where it goes. And then I just keep the bag in my car so that when I go and pick him up, I can like put things into the bag yeah. when I take it home with me. Um, and it's just way easier. That's great. Yeah. That's, that is genius. Yeah, it really helps. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just like that every genius should end with, yeah, really helps. <laughs> This thing I did really helps. Um, okay. Ellis is an aunt. Uh-huh. Everybody. We know. We all know. So Friday morning, this is the Friday before carnival, and I really have not been uh, work-life balancing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellis, like, wakes up and is like, I need an ant nest. And I was like, okay, you uh, what? He's like, I need an ant nest, and I need it right here. And I don't know, but, like, all my mom gears clicked, and I was like, all right, it's 6 a.m., let's build you an ant nest. Mm -hmm. And we just got all the blankets in the house Mm -hmm. and just made like a literal nest, like put down a blanket and then just started stacking the other ones sort Mm -hmm. of around the edge, like folded around. And he has this ant nest. And for three days, he he sits almost 70% of the day in the ant nest. That's amazing. So much self-playing. But like that night, I'm like, we're looking at it as Stefan and I are looking at the ant nest. And I was like... This was such a good idea. <laughs> he goes, yeah. no, it was. And I was like, no. Like, no. It just suddenly yeah. like, the, everything became so clear in my brain. I was like, no, yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. This is the best parenting I've done in a really long time. Yeah. Like, I'm just pointing at it being like, yeah. I feel really good about myself yeah. as a mother because it's of amazing. this ant nest. Yeah. Like, Because I, I it like, helped everyone. It helped everyone. It everyone and it was also happy. this like, kind. I felt like I was doing something for him mm-hmm. that was like honoring him and being It was nice. his idea and you said yes and. Yeah. I just felt like a good mom good job. in that moment. So good. Thank you. This is a genius. Hi, Liz and Teresa. I just wanted to let you know that I finally came up with a genius moment. I don't know if you can hear it, but I am doing dishes. 
And this part of the day drives me insane because my four-year-old and my one-and-a-half-year-old drive me crazy while I try and do dishes. And the magic that I have found are bubbles. I fill my sink with dishwater and dishes and put in a little extra squirt of dish soap. And when the little one asks for bubbles, I grab a handful and throw them on the floor. She takes her socks off. She plays in them. She stomps in them and has a great time. And I get the dishes done. Thanks for everything, One Med Mother. I love you guys. Bye. It's such a great... I also just like the vision of a mother standing there yeah. slapping bubbles down on the yeah. floor. Just like, there's got to be... You want some bubbles? You want some Here's bubbles? bubbles. Here's your bubbles. Enjoy <laughs> these bubbles. Bubbles are fun. You are doing an amazing job. Yeah, great job. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So yesterday, which was the day that I decided I physically couldn't get up out of my chair to (laughs) go to the store. So we did spend the day at home. Um, We did find some good things to do at home. Uh, One of the things we were doing was playing outside in the backyard. Um, There's a hammock back there that's kind of in part of the backyard that we don't really use very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the kids wanted to go down there. Um, And they were just like, actually, this is like so appropriate for today's topic. They're too little to really use yeah, the hammock. That is definitely one that. But they yeah. want to use it mm-hmm. really badly. And they just, they, but they can't do it without a lot of my help. Mm-hmm. And I was like, think, I was looking at Simon and thinking, you actually could probably use the hammock. Like, I could teach yeah. you to use the hammock. If it's just you, <laughs> I could teach you to use the hammock. So I'm trying to show him how, because he's going, I need you. I need your help. And I'm like, I, let me show you how to get on. Yeah. You can do this. And he doesn't like how I'm showing him, and it's not right, right, and he wasn't planning to be in that position, and he Mm -hmm. wants the pillow, and it's a whole thing. So finally, I kind of show him how to mostly get on there himself, and I'm explaining, like, I'm trying to explain also about, like, don't go too far that way, because you're going to fall. And But then, of course, Oscar's right there, and he wants to get on, too, and mm-hmm. Oscar can't. So I put Oscar in there, and then Simon's mad because he didn't want Oscar in there oh, with yeah. him. He wanted it by himself. And I'm like, just give him a second, and then I'll get him out. And then they're <laughs> twisting around, and they're kind of, like, pushing each other. I'm like, you guys are going to fall. Yeah. And it's this ongoing feedback oh, loop yeah. between the three of us. Yes. That is just me getting more and more aggravated and just being super, like, irritated yeah. and rude kind of with them. Yeah. Like, I just like, no, just, no, 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 you can't, no, don't, you're, okay, you're about to fall. You're going to, yeah. this is how it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And then it just escalated to the point where I was like, you know what? This is not fun. I'm not having fun. And I just like, <laughs> I just took Oscar out of the hammock and like Simon kind of like rolled himself out of the hammock. Yeah. And they're both crying because they don't want to stop playing at the right. hammock. They're crying because I'm making them stop. stop. And I'm just like, I'm I'm done. This was not fun. I can't, this is not working. And I just like, that was it. And we just, I just carried Oscar physically back up into the house. That is one of the truest moments. It was that just, is just all truth. Yes, thank that you. is. I, I'm pretty sure the words "I'm not having any fun" <laughs> at my kids have just come out of my mouth so often. That is, 
That is magnificent <laughs> fail. <sighs> okay, so Ellis is very much into fixing things right now. A lot of make-believe, fixing cars and all that stuff. And a great thing that we've been doing to kill time is we have like a hand air pump, you know, like one of those little tire pumps. And he'll go and like stick it into the car tires somewhere and pump, right? Like just anywhere it'll stay. So he does a lot of work on our cars. He's going to fix our Good. cars. And I'm like, great. Yeah. This is so much. So Stefan's car tires have a much more covering hubcap around theirs, apparently, than mine does. Okay. Uh, somehow the conversation over the last couple of days had turned into what holds tires onto cars. Um, lug nuts. What's a lug? Well, it's a special kind of name. We get into lug nuts. He's like, oh, can I see lug nuts? And I'm like, yes, every tire has lug nuts. I'll show you the lug nuts when we get home. We get home, I park the car, these are the lug nuts, right? You can work on the lug nuts. And he's like, okay, so he's working on the lug nuts at my car tire. And then I hear him say, ow. And what he's done is he's reached through the tire Ooh, to the brake pad, oh. and it, which are hot. So he not only has, oh, so yeah. he's done this very small burn on the tip of his finger, like, uh -huh. And it's such an unusual shape, too, because he touched it right on the tip, so uh -huh. it's like a line burn yeah. or whatever. And he's so surprised, and I'm so surprised. And I like it was like such a, uh, no, this seems like this is such a good idea. And yet I have totally allowed, my, I've put my child in a situation yeah. in which he has allowed himself. I mean, he was... You know, free range in it, Biz. I did. I was just I free range. That, and it's fine. Like, again, this is totally one of those things that yeah. like people are like, well, now he'll know it's hot. Yeah. But like the guilt I of know. like. You feel bad because you didn't warn him. Like, I didn't, you were just, like, well, I didn't even know. You can I play there. I wouldn't have even yeah. thought right. about. I, I swear that kid is playing on my tires all the time. Mm -hmm. But maybe the car hasn't been. Anyway, I felt bad yeah, about letting my child hurt himself for life. Hey, Biz and Teresa, I'm calling with a fail. Um, we have this cat tree in our house that our 14-month-old loves to climb up, um, which is fine because he can't get all the way up to the top, and usually he knows to back himself down. Well, last night he was climbing up it. My husband and I were sitting there watching him, and he was trying to step off of it going forward. And I said, I don't think that he knows how to do that. And my husband said, sure, he does. And I should have known. I should have listened to my gut. I know that he doesn't know how to do that. He always backs himself down. So, of course, he tries to step off of it, and it's too high, and he falls, and he smacks his face on our hardwood floor. And I feel fucking terrible because I knew he couldn't do that. And I don't know why I listened to my husband, and I should have just gone over and gotten him. So that was a fail. Thanks. You're doing a good job. We all get there because here's what's happening. Uh -huh. As you're watching this happening, yes, yeah. the voice inside says, I'm not sure he can do that. That looks like that he could hurt himself. Yeah. However, there's this other voice that's like, but I need to pull back, right? Yeah. And like, I'm also going to let I, my like, partner, am I hovering? Yeah. And like, my partner's yeah. here and they think this is okay. And don't they deserve to? But then there's this third level of I've done this with Stefan, where I'm like, that is, I don't think that's the right decision. Mm. And he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, all right, now you're going to learn your lesson. Right? Uh -huh. You know, like, like, and not necessarily at the expense of my child, yeah. but I'm just like, you need to see, you know, like, all right, I'm going to trust you that you think this is fine. Yeah. But then when it's not, it just is like, did I just set up a weird scenario where I'm like letting my husband like 
fail in this weird way or now I'm going to be mad at him or like. But there's also that's assuming all of this is assuming that it's not okay for a kid to fall and hit their head. And it's totally fine. And it's actually in most cases, as long as they're not severely right. injured and needing to go to the hospital it's not like you were it's actually sometimes better because yeah. that is actually how they learn, learn they physically right. learn from falling it's not like you're letting them touch a hot brake pad no, right no. yeah it's different you would than never that. do that you would never oh, do that that, that is horrible parent. Be... that's letting your child get hurt <laughs> as opposed to what happened here which is you're training a future uh, Olympic gymnast yeah or cat or cat <laughs> You are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you, I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you, I love you Hi everybody, I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning you won't believe it. But it's also like, (laughs) funny, it's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. The first ever Chicago Podcast Festival is just around the corner. Don't miss your shot to catch Max Fun's own Bullseye, Lady to Lady, and Minority Corner performing live for your entertainment. Split Single was just added to the Bullseye lineup in addition to the previously announced and amazing Dwayne Kennedy and Andre Royo. Bullseye and Lady to Lady are November 17th and Minority Corner is November 18th. Visit MaximumFun.org and peep the live shows column on the right side to grab your tickets right now before time runs out. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a parent. Great. This week we are calling Seattle-based writer, speaker, and internet yeller Ijoma Olu. She is the editor-at-large for the website The Establishment, and her work has appeared in The Guardian, The Stranger, New York Magazine, Huffington Post, and much more. She was named one of the most influential people in Seattle by Seattle Magazine, and we are very pleased to have her here. Welcome, Ijoma. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, before we get into uh, the piece that you recently wrote on the establishment about being wrong, which is, I, we could probably talk about that as parents for about three hours, uh, I wanted to start off with asking you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Uh, I live in my house, <laughs> and my two sons do, my uh, very precocious eight-year-old and my... Um, musically inclined 15-year-old mm-hmm. both live here with me. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have a question. If I have somebody on with a teen who also is mm-hmm. into music, uh, here's my question, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I can remember being a teenager and getting on the phone with boys that I liked who played guitar 
or played an instrument. And then the next thing I would know is I would just be sitting there oh, <laughs> listening yeah. to them play. And I was yeah. like, uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Does he, has he, is he like, is he interested in, in others? And if he is interested in others, does he play for others? Or do you know if any of oh this still happen now? I don't even know if this is a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was a thing that happened anymore until my son got his first guitar. <laughs> and he brings it to school and plays in the hall. And he's like, Mom, you won't believe the amount of attention I get. I'm like, well, you're playing a guitar in the hall. People are going to stare. <laughs> that's how that works. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good for him. I, yeah, good for him. That's right. I love it. Um, and an eight-year-old, you, you are like, we spent the first half of the show talking about a topic that may not have even been a topic about the, the, uh, those. We, we both have kids who are still pretty young. Mine are mine's just about to be three. My son's about to be three. My daughter's seven. Teresa's are three and five. And, and just like how no one tells you that, that these weird years between baby and like real kid that you Nothing really, you can't do much, and they can't do much, and they want to do stuff, but you can't do stuff, and and it's kind of boring, and you're like, oh, I just want to play board games. Um, I want you to go play and do, do what go I... Go ride your bike. Oh, yeah, yeah you can't ride you a can't bike. You can't ride a bike. Like, whatever I thought being a kid was going to be like, and, and we were joking that, like, five was this magical age that people are like, oh, when they're five, it's going to be so much easier. And they do this, this is, like, throughout our whole lives, and I'm sure, what I guess I'm hoping is you'll be like... Oh, when they're eight and fifteen, yeah. it's so it's so, it's so much easier. Uh, is that is that at all true, or is it just so much different? <laughs> um, you know, I would say it's good to have an eight-year-old and a fifteen-year-old at the same time because you have babysitting. But oh. other than the the need of time and attention does not go away. Like eight-year-olds are old enough to suddenly have activities but not old enough to do any of those activities alone. So they want to do everything. And then 15 year olds with like, you know, my son has four guitars and a piano. And so even though he thinks he can exist without me, uh, none of us can exist without hearing the same song over and over again, you know, a hundred times a day. Oh my gosh. Can I ask? So it's different. What is he playing? Oh my gosh. I have to know. What's the song? Like, what's the one that you're like, if I hear that one more time. I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, what you know, it? there was a time where, the, you know, um, Maroon 5 is <laughs> oh, no. really big in his. And I'm not an Adam Levine fan. Uh, and it was all day long, just every Maroon 5, you know, song, or maybe one Maroon 5 song. I can't tell the difference. But it was <laughs> right. Maroon 5 all day long. Um, right now it's Rent, which is a little oh, more adorable. A little like, he's, he's been yeah. Playing. yeah. Still get old But fast. it's like, you know, just, oh, yeah. All day. I actually just posted a video of me, of what happened after I asked him to clean his room. And next thing you know, Seasons of Love is being belted out. I was into red when I was 15. Nothing's changed. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. That's good to know that everything uh, stays insane the rest of our lives. Um, All right. Yes. Let's get into uh, let's get into this piece that you wrote. So you wrote a piece for the establishment called uh, "How to Be Wrong," and you start off talking about someone suggesting your kids must be frustrated with you being right all the time, and then you admit that actually it's your kids that get to see you be wrong the most. And I was wondering if you could talk some about that, and if it was the act of being wrong in front of your kids that helped you learn how to be better at being wrong out in the world. Not that I'm saying you're ever wrong. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, it really did help me uh, be wrong in the world. I think that one of the biggest ways in which we let our kids down is by never letting them see us be wrong or never at mm. least validating our wrongness uh, to them because they can see it. Kids are smart. Uh, and I actually started learning how to do that because I'm, I'm a young parent. You know, I'm 35 and I've got a 15-year-old son. And my oldest went to college with me. And it was a lot. And I was really concerned that I wasn't doing right. I wasn't parenting right. right. You know, I didn't have any help. I didn't have any money. I had no patience. I was still, I was a 20-year-old, you know. And I didn't want to do all these things that I thought parents were supposed to do, you know, and have endless energy to play these games and do all these brain exercises and all these things you're supposed to do with young kids. And I, and I had, you know, I didn't have a ton of patience and I, I was frustrated and I thought parents aren't supposed to get frustrated mm. and parents aren't supposed to lose their temper and parents aren't supposed to do all of these things. <laughs> and I was also trying to finish my degree, you know, yeah. and work and pay my bills. And I just remember thinking, you know, if anything falls through the cracks, it's going to be my kid. And I was so worried. And I, I ended up seeing a counselor about it, seeing a therapist about it. And I remember saying, you know, the number one thing you can do for your kids is to let them see you be a human being. <laughs> and right. let them see, you know, if if you if you don't like playing this game, you can say, I don't like playing this game. And if it doesn't make sense, you can say, I know it doesn't make sense, but I don't like playing this game. <laughs> and you don't have you don't have to you know, you don't have to like come up with these excuses and these lies. And if you lose your temper, you can say, I lost my temper and yeah. I shouldn't have lost my temper. And your kids can see that this happens and that no one's perfect and that your kids don't have to try and be perfect. They have to be honest. And, you know, that, that kind of freedom that I needed in order to function as a parent has definitely helped. And it, it, it checks me because it's easy to get hubris as a writer. Um, so often people just are like, yeah, you know, everything you say is so right on. And right. you start thinking, yeah, I'm right about everything. But your kids are always the ones <laughs> to be like, what are you talking about, mom? You know, and they catch every little thing and they'll write it, you know, for a year. Like they won't let it go. Like, I, I'm serious when I thought narwhals didn't exist and my kids... <laughs> Still won't let that go. They're like, remember, mom, remember, remember the narwhal. And, you know, those things are necessary. Well, just please tell me they sent you like super obnoxious narwhal. Like, there's pictures all over your house. Like, I would probably. That's amazing. That's so good. That's so yeah, good. They, they love it, and they'll call other people. They'll call my sister. They'll call my mom. They're like, you won't believe what mom just did. You're so wrong about this thing. I have to stop. But isn't it like so amazing? I mean, like 90% of what we talk about on this show is this. But isn't it just amazing that our first instincts of things to think about as parents is I'm messing this all up. And like I need to be perfect. And I need this to be. I'm going to let my kid I'm, I'm hurting my kid because I'm, I, I, I'm not supposed to be impatient. I'm not supposed to yell. I'm not supposed to, you know, be a person. And then I'm supposed to want to play. I'm supposed to want to play games. these awful yeah. games. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I don't want to pretend that way. I don't want to be. My mother yeah. still yells. I always, you always made me want to be, not me, but my sister, they would play and she'd be like, I don't want to be Winnie the Pooh. I want to be Piglet. Right? Like my mom <laughs> still carries that around. But like, um, but that it's not show your kids that you are imperfect like that i feel like that should be the first page like in every parenting book you know like that and it's not keep childhood mad childhood's gonna be magical it's gonna be fine guys but like this idea of that our first instinct is not 
that imperfection is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? That that's beneficial. Yeah. Um, well, I want to I wanna talk more about being wrong. Uh, listeners to the show know mm-hmm. I am a big proponent of being wrong. I am often. <laughs> uh, and I enjoy it. Uh, but I think this piece is so relevant because, uh, because we are parents uh, and how we communicate out in the world as parents. Because for whatever reason, parenting is this like hotbed of awful. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is about our desire to be right. Like we get into conversations with parents uh, in public or online or, you know, you're out walking through the store and you see somebody doing something and your instinct is either to think, think that you're doing it wrong or that they're doing it wrong, right? Because we have this like desire, just like you were saying at the beginning, to be right, to be doing everything right. And so I'd like us to spend a little time talking about your thoughts on how we can be good at being wrong. And you have this beautiful list in your piece, starting with pausing and taking a deep breath and checking yourself and if you're really sure, and I'd like you to just talk about that and some of the other ways we can be good at being wrong. Yeah, you know, in all honesty, this is funny too. Like when you stop and think, "Am I really sure about this?" It's one of those things that <laughs> definitely comes up in parenting, but in life all all yeah. the time. Because in parenting, it's so easy to just say no, you know, <laughs> or because they said so, or that's not this. Right. And oftentimes, especially when kids ask tough questions, we will jump to what's on the top of our head without giving any thought as to, is it actually right? And we'll just spout this thing out. Right. And we do that everywhere. And especially on the internet, you know, and I encounter it constantly where people will go to the mat for something that they vaguely remember a hint of (laughs) from when they were in college, you know, and you're just like, really? Can we pause? And I had to do that myself as a writer and like, be like, let me Google this before I go off on this tirade. (laughs) Make sure I know what I'm talking about. But that's like such a good point. The idea, there's such a good visual of the, they go to the mat, you know, when you think about like, and, and you know, that very first piece of advice of just stopping and thinking, giving yourself the moment to think is so important because, you know, we've, joked before just about like my desire to uh, like answer before the questions even finished it it's it gets mm-hmm. so strong it's like such a strong instinct and i yeah that you people we will go crazy for something that we're absolutely not correct about there's this <laughs> reminds sorry i just have to interject this totally reminds me of um like if you read anything about like eyewitness um, oh, yeah. testimony and stuff, um, they've they've like discovered that they shouldn't say to people when they're like showing them a lineup or they're showing them like pictures of like possible suspects, they should never say if somebody says like I think that was the person, they should never like cops should never say Are you sure? Because mm. just by asking Are you sure, that makes people think they're more sure for some reason (laughs) like we get like when we're questioned when we say an answer and then we're questioned about it we just like grind our heels in like we just it's like a psychological response like well yes I'm very sure well how sure are you super sure and then all of a sudden you're just like a thousand percent sure about this thing that you thought was maybe maybe right I don't know maybe it was blue yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, all right let's talk about other ways we can be great at being wrong take us take us through a few more. I, of course, could do them for you, but I won't. Because <laughs> I, I, I could be horribly um, you know, wrong at it. 
say, you know, definitely, um, you know, asking yourself, what am I trying to get out of this, right, is the number one question I think that we need to figure out, because a lot of times we deceive ourselves, Mm. and we think that we're in this for noble reasons, but we're really in it to be right. And we're in it for that victory, for that moment where someone's like, oh, you got me, you know, I'll never question you again. And... (laughs) And that's not, you know, that's not how to live life because you, you don't ever learn anything that way. If we, you know, we can, we, I think we can all toss out the idea that there's anybody born with all of the right ideas in their head. You know, it's just not, that's not how the world works. So, you know, so often we think we have these noble ideas, but what's really behind it all is our pride and our, our desire to make sure that no one questions us ever. And I, I think even just stopping and saying, what do you want out of this? Yeah. We'll adjust what you want out of this. Because while in that moment, your ego is telling you that you want to make sure that they never dare question you again. <laughs> in the long term, what you actually want is people to not avoid you like the plague um, among, around any sensitive topics, which is the only thing you're going to get out of that, you know. So I think that's really important to look well, at. I, re- I really like one of the actually lines from your article is, do you want to be right or do you want to be better? As you know, as as part mm-hmm. of that question, and I really, you know, I, I go in and I help out at my daughter's school, and we do like science projects, and like there's something about second graders who really want to be right. Like it's very disappointing when they're wrong. Clearly, that ends at second grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that, they have definitely at 42, I have totally relaxed about being about failing. Um, but. I have to like really emphasize, you know, look, you know, they put together dinosaurs wrong for a really long time. You know, we, we <laughs> make mistakes all the time. We're wrong a lot. And the great thing about being wrong is that you get to actually be better and, and, and you, you get a better answer when you're wrong. And but it's just, that's just something that we don't tell ourselves anymore as adults. It feels like there's no no one's like walking behind you on the Internet or like at a, you know, parenting playgroup where you start busting out really wrong information saying it's okay that you were really yeah. that this was is so, so good look at all the stuff that's come out of yeah. this yeah <laughs> yeah look at you opening your mouth and being wrong <laughs> yes it's so good and i think especially as parents yeah. we're, we're wrong right now even the things we're right about right oh. now are going to be wrong. Isn't that, and they're yeah. going to be wrong because yeah. that's just how progress works, right? <laughs> so we are going to be passed by. We are going to be outdated. Oh, yeah. Everything we say, by the time our kids are old enough to use it, they're going to be rolling their eyes and yeah. saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said this to me. <laughs> we not get used to being wrong. Like, we, we're already wrong. <laughs> you know, we try, we do our best, we learn, and then we'll learn from our kids when they're older and they come back and be like, you're so lame, Mom, I can't believe that you told me this thing. And you'd be like, oh, well, that was way cool back in my day, but now I'm wrong, and I've learned. And, you know, like, we, I think we have to really get used to this idea that right is not concrete. Mm. We have this thought that everything is, you know, these amendments ch- chosen in stone, and it's not, you know, none of this, none of this is concrete. At all. And even the things that we are build our entire foundations on right now are not going to be right in the future. Because that's the way that change works. And that's the way the future works. And people tear it down, they build something better, they build something different. And all we're all we're asking is to be left behind if we aren't open to that possibility. Well, I think, you know, that's such a good point because I, I, you, this comes up in so much of our life inside and outside of parenting the idea of progress absolutely is 
And I don't know why we don't embrace more that what we thought was right one day uh, is now wrong and that we get to make these new choices. And, and as the world progresses, we have this opportunity to progress with it, right? Like in such a great way. Mm-hmm. And there's one of your other ones is don't tell somebody, uh, like don't immediately point out how wrong somebody is. <laughs> because, I, you know, yeah. I fall into that trap a lot of like, you know, what was right you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago or, you know, whatever, isn't anymore. But then out it comes out of my mouth, you know, well, obviously you feed your two-year-old, I mean, your one two-month-old chicken. Why wouldn't you do that? Just right off the bone. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. That's a pretty weak example of the wrong things that have come out of my mouth. Uh, But uh, as opposed to, people are very uh, happy to immediately point out that that is not the way the world is working right now. And, uh, and which is great because I get an opportunity to become aware that the world is working and I can change like my language or what I'm doing and how I'm doing things. But as a society, it feels like we just don't do that a lot. We're just like not okay with with the with progress sometimes uh, and how that plays mm-hmm. out with with being wrong and being okay with being wrong and forgiving of being wrong, I guess is, is the word I'm trying to use. Yeah. I think we all, we buy property in it, right? We build our houses in it. We're like, these are, these are my issues. This is my identity. I'm going to build a house right here. And then like that neighborhood, (laughs) it it doesn't look so bright in 10 years. And you're like, no, no, I built everything on this. And, and you know, we, we forget that, you know, Hey, your foundation's crumbling now. Maybe you need to build, somewhere else maybe you need to like move ahead or maybe don't buy such a huge mortgage on you know what you believe right this moment and i think that we invest i think it's part of age as well you know we get so invested we build so much identity around what we believe right now uh, uh, you know around who we associate with around the the clubs that we think we're a part of Mm -hmm. that when that changes, it becomes this existential threat. And even the smallest things can trigger that. It's, it's amazing how small it can be. And yeah. the arguments I've seen, and especially around parenting, because it's how we, especially for mothers, I think, and how we limit women yeah. and the amount of places they're allowed to find their identity, uh, that when these things change, you know, it really does become a indictment of your entire life. And I think that there's a two-way lesson of that. Number one, in that we have to recognize that we are strong enough and resilient enough to be wrong a couple times, take those hits and move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But also we have to be careful as to what we build our foundations on (laughs) and make sure that it is something more concrete than, uh, than, than honestly than social ideas. And then, you know, what's the current health fad or, you know, what, what group I'm in, because all of those things change and, you know, you, you can build in yourself and that's, that's about it and recognize that even you are going to be wrong. But, you know, I, I think we build so much around it. And I think especially for a lot of women around parenthood, this happens a lot, but wherever society tells any particular group, this is where your identity is associated. We find ourselves really holding for it to never change so that we never have to evaluate who we are. Well, and I think what plays into that as well, it's something we talk about again, or we struggle with a lot here on the show, is this idea that two people can be wrestling with that identity question in two totally different ways and both be correct, right? Or or both be, you know, wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> to stay with the theme. But you know what I mean? That, like, I think, especially as parents, there's this pressure that we're all supposed to be doing it the exact same way and all enjoying it in the exact same way and all be natural and good at all of it in the exact same way that that pressure to not be wrong really is a difficult one to deal with and the guilt that that causes uh, and the, you know, the judgment that that, you know, sometimes escapes as when we're engaging with other people. It is, it just, it's hard. It is hard and unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think we need to be, we really need to open it up and be more honest. And that's part of the reason why when I write about parenting, I, I, I never try and sugarcoat it. The truth is, is, you know, children are awful. They're <laughs> monsters who poop on your floor and puke all over you. And they're, you know, total narcissists with no appreciation for anything you do for them. And yet they, they need everything from you all of the time. And they will take all your resources. They will take your sleep. They will give you stretch marks. They, they, they ruin so many things and you love them and you can't live without them. And it's the it's basically the worst thing ever to happen to you and the best thing ever to happen to you at the same time. And how are we supposed to do this right? I mean, I don't know anyone. Yeah. Like, like, look at the world and realize we are all screwing this up in very creative and different ways because it's almost impossible to get right. You know, and I think like when we when we understand that, like, you know, it drives me bonkers when people are like, oh, I can't believe these bad parents. This is how you be a good parent. And this is like, you know, who has got the secret? Because look at this world. Mm. No one has figured this out. And children <laughs> are creative in finding ways to, you know, you'd be like, oh, this will be great. My kids will love that. And it falls flat every time. You never know what this, the secret is. And, and we hate to admit that because the truth is, is that uh, children are absolutely everything. And there is the, the horrible truth. There is nothing we can do to guarantee their safety, their success, or their happiness. And that's the worst nightmare. And I, and I say this as a parent who has children who have suffered from mental health issues. Um, that's the biggest fear you have as a parent. And I think a lot of this drives it. We want that formula. We want that method. And we want to say that if, if we see a child who isn't doing well, that it's because parents did right. A, B, C, and D. Now, granted, we are doing our fair share to screw <laughs> up our children. But, but there's nobody, nobody has the right formula. And sometimes you can do everything right and it's not going to work out. Right. And that's an awful thing to say. And I'm, I hate to bring down the vibe of everything, but that's the truth where so much of this lies is we don't want to admit that parenting is hard, that nobody knows how to do it, and that even if we did stumble upon the magic formula, our children could still be the absolute worst adults ever on the face <laughs> the of the still planet. still serial killers. And, but, I, you know, but here's, yeah, yeah, but that, but you I, know, but here's the true. thing, is that you actually know? should be the thing that and we said, this is, my, this is my t-shirt, right? It's just like, this is the thing that should be the great uniter, right? That like we all should just openly admit that this is hard and nobody gives a shit. And then like we it just like it's a great jump off the bat. Like we all are okay. We're all, you know, we're all okay yeah. at being awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we could get some help, you know? Like right. it's a right. really hard job that yeah. doesn't pay anything. And some days, you know, like there are some days where I'm just looking at my kids and I'm like, how, how are you still, you were trying so hard to not be alive anymore right now. How, how are you 
you still here? You know, and I remember at times calling my mom and being like, just keep me on the phone, mom. Keep me on the yeah. phone. Keep me on the phone because there is a monster upstairs destroying his bedroom. Yeah. And I can't go up there because I don't have the skills. I don't think any human being has the skills. And like, we wouldn't accept this behavior from a house guest. Right. There's no way I would let somebody stay at my house for a weekend and if they broke everything valuable, made of glass in my house and pooped on my floor and threw a big fit and ate all of my food and didn't say thank you, I would never let them back in my house again. So, you know, I think we, we need to be able honest about that because then you can really enjoy the good times. You know, I think if this stuff, it prevents us from enjoying the good times. Yeah. When it's hard and we lose our temper and we feel like we're not allowed to lose our temper, we're not allowed to be frustrated, we're not allowed to not enjoy it, the good times come and we feel like we don't deserve that. And the truth mm-hmm. is, you've earned every <laughs> any good time you get with your kids, like you've yes. more than earned it. And we, you know, all of this, you know, all these lies about that we have to be perfect, is that anyone is out there being perfect, prevents us from really enjoying the positives and from reaching out for help when things are hard. No, that is 100%. You are incredibly right. (laughs) You are not wrong at all. Well, Ijama, thank you so much for joining us. This is, you know, we have guests on that I'm like, oops, we are going to talk for three hours. Uh, because it's enjoyable. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to link everybody up to your work on the establishment, including this uh, particular piece. And uh, thank you so much, and and we hope you'll come back and join us again one day. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. my gosh that was enjoyable yeah that was great i could talk about being wrong with her all day long oh so many good reminders i know right and like so freeing and encouraging yeah, you know you, like it's not it's there's it's, something sometimes there is productive venting yeah that is freeing yes and that is what that was yeah that was you know like it, it's the reminder of we we get both, guys. We get both. Both yeah. exist at the same time. Yep. The awful and the and the good yep. both exist. They don't knock each other out. Nope. <laughs> no one's winning. Nobody's saying it's all worth it. Yeah. It's th- there's no point in yeah. weighing them against each other. Right. They're I, just it's just all there. That's right. You can yeah. talk about it being hard. That doesn't mean you hate it. Right. <laughs> right? Like right. you don't have to make up the excuses for why yeah. you say I just and it was such a great reminder and I liked that you said freeing because that is exactly what it was. You know what is also freeing is listening to a mom have a breakdown. Oh yeah. This is a rant. I just am done. I have a three year old that is potty training during the day and I have an eight month old that is not potty trained and so mobile. And to the lady that said to me that I need to take it easy, Mama, you have it easy, I just want to punch her in the face. I wanted to rip her little weeds out of her hand and say, you take care of these ragamuffins, and I will weed your garden. I will enjoy my retirement. 
Well, you take care of these little ragamuffins because I am done. And I'm tired of people telling me to relax, to cherish, to be blessed. I know. I have two healthy, active kids. Yay! <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's not a fucking shit show every once in a while. And that I'm trying to figure out how you peed your pants when we were at the park. And I get, take it easy, Mama. You have it easy. I really want to start throwing punches. <sighs> Thank you. I'm trying to get that out. You're doing a great job. I appreciate your show. And I just want people to shut up when I'm taking care of my kid. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. You have absolutely yes. every right to want people to shut up while you're trying to take care of yeah, your kids. Come There's, on. Especially that, let me just tell you, as a person in the middle of potty training, a kid who uh, just pees everywhere, mm. uh, it's hit or miss. Even if we have just peed on the potty, uh, 10 minutes later, we're standing in the middle of someplace, and he's peeing, and we mm. haven't had new liquids. It's not mm. like, I, right. I'm not hydrating my children intentionally. Right. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, then you do, and you're like, oh, because there's so much like, oh, and everything's wet. It's like in your shoe. It always goes in the shoe. I know. And it's like on you. And like, uh, even though you've wiped them down, you start to put the new underpants on, they still feel wet. And I'm like, why are you still moist everywhere? I don't understand. I don't care. I'm still going to put the pants on. And it's like, oh, it's all this stuff. And they're moving. They want to be gone. They don't even want to sit there. Like, there's yeah. a lot happening in the real world of just your kid peeing on themselves. Yeah. And oh, in yeah. the emotional world of you guys. Because, like, I literally, Ellis, the other day, it was like three accidents in the span of 45 minutes. Oh, and we so were hard. out. Oh. And, I like, I had everything for it. But, like, by the third one, I'm like... You're like, what? I'd stop is peeing. Happening? Just stop. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, it's irrational and it's crazy, yeah. but you're like, I don't want to change. I mean, like right. I was so close to being like, I'm gonna stick you back in the diaper. Right. You know what I mean? But you can't. But like, right. so to then have somebody say, take it easy. Take it. Relax. You have it. E okay, that, that was actually two, two shitty things to say. Yeah. Take, take it, it easy. easy, which you can tell how it was said. Right. Sometimes you can say that to your partner, like, oh, take it easy. Like yeah. you're encouraging them to like go relax. <laughs> right, right. No, that's not how this was coming off. Take it easy is like telling somebody to calm down. Yeah. Which is like yeah. never never yeah. helpful. You were clearly not screaming at your kid or anything. You're just trying to get your kid to stop, stand still, but and even, if, even you if you are, are screaming who, yeah. at your kid. Right. Don't you don't want a stranger coming up to you and saying, Take it easy. Take it easy. Fuck off. Right. You and know, then, and then you have it easy? What? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I have it the easiest. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I would like to go back <laughs> to one of the original things we talked about on the show. Okay. Uh, with all of our guests uh. who hate being told that they are angels on this planet or so are saints because they have children uh -huh. with disabilities or whatever. Yeah. We have all agreed as a collective group in the One Bad Mother community yeah. that whatever you have going on in your house is your reality. Yeah. And the things that are difficult are difficult. Difficult, They're difficult. No matter what's yeah. making it difficult. And no matter no what somebody winning. else is doing. Right. No one's winning yeah. at having it like worse or yeah. like losing at having it great. Yeah. Like it, it, your universe is your universe. Yeah. And it to have somebody tell you that you've got it easy is such a dismissal of like everything that you're going through. Yeah. Regardless of what you're going through. Absolutely. That's right. right. So I just, the frustration is completely legitimate. Good job not punching anybody. Yeah. That is, that is some good parenting right there, yep. not just taking strangers out. 
Very good. Uh, and you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you're doing so You're doing great. really good. Good job. Teresa, what did we learn today? We have learned that the magical Lil Twains <laughs> are what they are. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. They're happening. Yeah. That's the thing that's, that's happening for three to five years yeah. in your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there you go. It's a big chunk of time. Big chunk of time. Do with it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also learned that being wrong is awesome. We need yeah. to embrace our wrongness. Totally. And instead of being wrong and sad, it's being wrong and glad. I get to be better. <laughs> uh, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we also learned to never tell anybody to relax or take it easy. Yeah. Don't Unless do that. you're actually passing them yeah. a nice beverage yeah. and a magazine yeah. and telling them to go lay down lay in down another room by themselves. Yeah, you work then at a you spa. you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to yeah. massage somebody. Yeah, you work at a spa. Yeah. Like, yeah. Relax. Yeah. You're physically <laughs> giving somebody the all of the means Tools, and yeah. the ends to actually achieve relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good lesson. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh, we want to take a quick minute to say that you can follow us on Twitter at One Bad Mothers. Uh, Biz is at Biz Ellis. I am at Teresa Thorne. Um, you can get a personal or commercial message on the show. Just visit MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. You can join our wonderful One Bad Mothers private Facebook group or any of the many wonderful subgroups that have cropped up around it. Um, you can also get our weekly email, which has an affirmation in it, mm. a different affirmation every week, along with a link to the new show as soon as it's up. Um, go to MaximumFun.org and just click on any of our episode posts and the link is right there. And if you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, you can just email us at OneBadMother at MaximumFun.org. Everybody... You guys are doing a remarkable job. Really, you are. Yeah. This is hard. You're doing great. That's it. That is just, that's our truth for the day. It is. You are doing really great. You really are, guys. Yeah, no matter how you're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing a great job. Yeah. Teresa, you are doing a good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you are listening. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome.
Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.